0: Welcome. This week, we're going to do Pasha's Toil So the Pasha starts that Yisroch and Rivka don't have any children. She goes to, to Shem. Then she has uh, twins, Yaakov and Esav. And then they grow up on different paths. And at the end, Rivka is partial to Yaakov, Yitzchak is partial to Esau, and at the end, Esau sells the Bechayru to Yaakov. That's the first part of the Pasha. Then we have Ahirov Ba'aretz. There was a famine, and uh, Yitzchak, they went down to Plishtim, to Grot, to to, to Abimelech Melech Plishtim, and there's a story where he said he told people that Rivka is his wife and uh Abimelech had designs on her and then he had a then Yitzchak stayed there for a long time they had be'er, he, uh, he dug a be'er And they made a compact and that's the whole story after that we come to the brachas so during this whole story of um, Yitzchak in Gerar where are the boys where are the boys where are the Akavanesav? and Esav? so I looked around in the fashion nobody addresses it only the Ramban the Ramban says that uh, that maybe um, the people uh, in Gerar thought that these boys were, were Yisroel's children from another wife, and this wife is uh, this is not his wife. This is his sister. But Lemaisa, okay, this is what Ramban says. But this the whole first part of the parasha has to do with the interaction, Queen Yaakov and Esav and he them by the by the by the by the heel. And then they sell in the Bechayra, and then at the end you have the... And in the middle, they're totally absent from the middle of the Parsha. And I would think maybe they did something that was of interest. I mean, these two, you know, constantly in conflict, nothing here. So I think, I just want to suggest that maybe, you know, de The Torah does not always follow chronological order. And there's a reason for it. There's not just chaos, haphazard. There's a reason for not following chronological order. I think that the story of of Gerar happened before when they didn't have any children yet. It happened before. Now, why would the Torah do this? Because at the end of Parshas Chayisara, we have all about Avram's, uh, Avram married Keturah, and he had... uh, these children, and these, the, and these were the children of Midian, and these were the children of Yakshan, and then the Ayla told us, Yishmael ben Avram, tells the elders of Yishmael, tells all his Eneklach, all his Eneklach through, through Keturah, through Midian, through Yishmael, all his Eneklach. So it would be proper that we should also tell about his enoklach from Yitzchak, who are his most important eniklach. So the Torah continues this. You're not going to stop this and then go on tell you something else and and come back to tell us of Yitzchak later. In in this discussion of of who are Avram's progeny, then the Torah says, okay, fine, all these all these yeah these people fine, but he will tell us of Yitzchak ben Avram. El told us Yisroel ben Avram. El told us Yitzchok ben This is the main point. Told us Avram. So Torah immediately tells you about Told us Yitzchok ben Avram. So so Torah tells you that Yaakov and Esav were born. Now, the Gemara says in the Dora, of Menashehadrin that ki beYitzchok yikar lechazora, that your your lineage will go through Yitzchok, v'loy kol Yitzchok. Not all of Yitzchak. Yitzchak had Yaakov and Esau. The lineage of Avram does not go through Esau. It only goes through goes through um, uh, Yaakov. And Rashi says that the, that Esau is not considered Zera Yitzchak. He's not considered his children, so we don't complete the story of the todas Yitzchak ben Avram until Esau sells the bchayra. Because I think it would make it would be mistavra that at the point where Esau sold the bchayra, at that point he forfeited being part of the, the. As long as he was the bchayra, I suppose he was still considered Zera Yitzchak. But once he sold the bchayra, then he was no longer Zera Yitzchak. So when we finish this whole story where they're born. And yes, and Esau sells his Becharet Yaakov. At that point, he is eliminated from the Zerah Yitzchak. So the Torah, Yitzchak ben Avram is completed at the point where, where Esau sells his Bukharat Yaakov. That's completed. Now the Torah backtracks. Now we have a flashback. What happened before this? There was a whole time between... When between Khaisora when Yitzchok married Rivka, and when when Yaakov and Eisav were born, there was a long period of time. So, what happened during that time? So, during that time, they, they went down to Gerar, they went down to Gerar, and uh, and and had all these stories. But at this point, the the boys weren't there; they weren't born yet. That's what I would think, maybe. Now. Rashi says it says Yitzchak was davening um, facing his wife uh, or across from his wife. His wife was standing in one corner; he was standing in the other. They were both davening. and it says it says Vayetar that he was davening. The loshen Vayetar is not a regular loshen of davening. Here, he was really davening intensely. He was davening hard. And and I guess both of them were, so then it says loy. Mm-hmm. So Rashi says loy v'loy la. The tefillah who was answered with was answered, and not Rivka. Why? She a ben tzaddik, let tvila ben Russia. Tvila, there's a difference between tefillah Sadik ben Sadik or Sadek ben Russia. Now what is the difference between the two? If the word is that it's ben Sadik, so he has. So the schus of so Rashi should say loy Law, if Avram, because the of Avram. So that's why that's why Yisro was answered. The Rashi is saying a rule that ain't the diamond. Fill of tzaddik ben tzaddik and tzaddik ben Roshah, that there's a difference in the trilla itself between the trilla of a ben tzaddik and tzaddik ben Roshah. What's the difference? If you say that tzaddik ben tzaddik is a bigger tzaddik than a tzaddik ben Rasha, then Rashi should say, "Ainadoyin a me a tzaddik godel, le tzaddik cotton. So apparently, there is no difference in the level of Sitkas between the tzaddik ben tzaddik and the tzaddik ben Rasha. They're both more or less equal tzaddikim, but tefillah tzaddik ben tzaddik is more effective than tefillah tzaddik ben Rasha. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? So, the Torah uses anthropomorphisms. Long word. What does anthropomorphism mean? That you talk about the Rabbanu Shlodim as if he had the form of a human being. You talk about his hand, you talk about his foot, you talk about that that he, he gets up and he moves and he this, all these kind of things. He smells... He smelled the rech nichayach, All these things are called anthropomorphisms. We're talking about the Rabbani and using the, the language which would which would be more appropriate, which only be appropriate to use for a human being. We use it for the Rabbi Nishlam. Now we know that the Rabbi Shalom is is uh, he is the infinite enoid melvadoi. He is, He doesn't move. Where does he move from? From one to another. He doesn't move. He doesn't smell. He doesn't have senses. He doesn't. He's completely something else. We don't understand what Rabban Shalom is. We spoke about this in Parasha that it's beyond our asogu. We cannot understand what he is. So we want that people should be able to relate to him. This is what the Rambam says in the Moirah Chelakal of Perak Chavov. And this is what the Chayva says in the last parak of the Shari Yechud, that that the Torah wanted that people should be able to relate to the Rabban Shleim. And how do you relate to the Ain Oid Melvadoi? How do you relate to? How do you relate to him? It's very difficult to relate to the Rabban Shleim. So the Torah tolerates a certain amount of anthropomorphisms for people who are not very sophisticated, but hopefully as they become more and more sophisticated, then they will move away from the anthropomorphism, and then they will uh, they, would, they would not think of the Rabbani Shlom as moving, as smelling, as, as, as anything. And the Chavis Lava says that even though we tolerate anthropomorphisms, but to create an image in your mind of what the Rabbani Shlom is, that is absolutely cannot be done. On the only thing we accept that he moves this, that after that he finished he left. So what doesn't mean he left. It doesn't mean where did he go. It doesn't he was, he was, he was, he was he's, he's uh, means infinite. It doesn't mean that. But that's acceptable for people to think that, and, and for a while, until they reach a higher level. So the more sophisticated you are, even to think of Dhrbanshulam as a being, as a being is problematic. Because what do I you mean he's a being? He's like, he, he's not a being, he is being. And he, he is existence. Nothing else exists except for him. A being means like it's, a, it's, it's a, a, a certain being with contours that has dimensions. He, he is not a being. Dhrbanshulam is not a being. Dhrbanshulam is everything. So, how do you, how do you daven? How do you daven to to the infinite today, Noed How do you do such a thing? It's very difficult, and that's why the Torah may, tried to make it easier for people that they should be able to daven to Rabban them to allow a certain a certain number of anthropomorphisms, but but it's not it's not the truth. And it's so how do you daven to Rabban Shlom? So I want to there's something that that, that a mushle that I made that I would like to tell you this mushle. a person has to stand in front of a judge and he's pleading for mercy he wants the judge to give mercy so he talks to the judge he looks at the judge and he begs him and he pleads with him and and by his expressions of his emotions he tries to influence the mind of the judge to he tries to sort of impose his will on the mind of the judge that the judge should come around to his way of thinking and understand that really he should be merciful with them. He shouldn't, uh, and he should go easy on him. That's natural. It's natural. A person goes into court, you look at the judge and, uh, and, you, and you try to talk to him. But I have something called a pleading room. That means there's a room and that's where you're going to plead for mercy. And you walk into the room and on all four sides, there's a panel. And the judge or judges is or are behind the panel. You don't know if there is one judge or many judges. You don't know if the judge or judges are white or black or Hispanic or Jewish or non-Jewish. You don't know if the men are women. You don't know if the tall or short. You know nothing about the judges. You don't know if they're in front of you. You don't know if they're behind you. You don't know if they're to the right or to the left. You're in the middle of the pleading room, and you know that there are judges there. And you have no idea who or what or where they are. Nothing. So, and you have to plead. So you go in there and you plead, and what happens is that your plea is not directed to anyone because you don't know where to direct it. It's coming from you. There's not. uh, There's no to. There's only a from. That's what in a pleading room you have no choice but to only plead from. You do not have the option of pleading to because where's the to, and where where, and what? So you can't plead to. The same things with the Rabbanu Of course, we dive to the Rabbanu the Rabbanu Shalom hears us, we know that. But the plea itself, the plea itself, is it a plea to, or is it a plea from? You cannot really have a plea to to the Rabbanu Shalom, because you have no idea what he is. You have no idea where, what, when. It, it's beyond your Asogas. How could you, you know that your tefillah is heard, but you cannot talk the rabbi he's not a being he's not he's how do you talk to existence you can't do that it's beyond our sagas but you can do from you could talk about yourself this is what i'm pleading I'm not directing it anywhere. I'm not trying to impose my will on anyone. I'm not trying to influence anyone. I'm just opening up my heart and pleading. And, and that's, that's my tefillah. That is the way a tefillah should be. A tefillah should be coming from you. You know the Rebbe Shalom hears it. But you're not directing it to a specific being and trying to influence that being with your tefillah because that cannot be done. That is what that is what a tefillah should be. That is a very difficult thing, and that is something that a tzaddik ben tzaddik is more capable, especially when it's hifzir, when he's really davening hard, is davening hard. That is something that a tzaddik ben tzaddik can do, more is more capable of doing that. Because he's seen by his father, that his father doesn't have any images. He's a tzaddik, he has no anthropomorphisms. So it's easier for a tzaddik ben tzaddik to relate to that, that you only daven from, that you can't daven to. A tzaddik ben Russia. That the Russia was like, you know, Rivka's father was an Ivadavaydazara. There was plenty of two there. He was going to the Pseud was going to the Vaidazara and talking to the Zora, or talking to the star, and there was a very strong two there. So even though now that she is a Tsardaikist and she's moved away from that, but it's, and of course she understands that you're in the pleading room and everything, but the level of, 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 of comfort with that, of feeling that, of actually doing that, is much stronger by a tzaddik ben tzaddik, by a tzaddik ben Russia. so the tefillah of a tzaddik ben tzaddik is a better tefillah, because it's pure, there's no part in it, not even a shemit, not even the trace of anything which resembles anthropomorphism. That's why I think Rashi is saying, that tfila tzaddik ben tzaddik is better than tzaddik ben Russia. Now, at the end, just look at a couple of small things before I go on. At the end, we have that Yitzchak went to Beer Sheva, and then, then the, he the, he uh, dug a bear. He dug a bear and they said, his servants came and told him that they found water. Vahikaray so says, Shiva. He called it Shiva. And Shiva is a Shvua, Lashan Shvua. Rashi says, I'll shame my Shvua. I'll shame my Bris because he made a, a covenant with Avimelech. shema shame my so it's Be'er Sheva. So this Be'er Sheva, I mean, he came before... Avram was in Be'er Sheva, and Yisroch here went to Be'er Sheva. So, what is this Be'er Sheva? It's like, what is this? So there's a cloud that I want to tell you, which will become... Uh, we'll come back to it next week. And uh, from time to time, it's an important cloud about Targum. Targum does not translate a name. Any name which appears in the Torah Tagum does not translate it. He tells it as it is. It says, uh, So he doesn't say ruven's Chazubar. It's not Chazubar, it's Reuven. He gives the name exactly as it is. The name over here was Be'er Sheva. And, the, and Tagum says Be'er Sheva, he, went, he went to Be'er Sheva. Over here he says Be'er of the Be'er of the means the Be'er of the Shvu'a. It's not the name. The name is Beersheva. So apparently the name of this place was not Beersheva. The name of this place was Shiva. Vikare Shiva. This this area, this town that grew up around this new Beer oasis, whatever it was, is was called Shiva. But the people called it Be'er Sheva. they said, this is, this is the Be'er but where they made the covenant. So they called it Be'er Sheva. they called it Be'er HaDeshva. Be'er Sheva is not a name. And it says also, the only other time in Unculus where it's called, always is called Be'er Sheva. but the only other time that it's called Be'er Bereshava, it says Be'er Shva. Why? Because he was leaving, Yitzhak was living in Shiva. He wasn't living in Beersheva. He's living in Shiva. People called it Beersheba, Ber the So Yaakov left from Beredishva. It was not Beersheva. Beersheva was a different place. That was the place where Avram was. And where Yitzchak went now. Okay. One more thing briefly. It says the Ben Arboim Basmas Two women and both of them were chitiz. I mentioned this last week. So in so in Pashas where you have Esavr Odo Bas Elain, Odo Bas and and Bas Beeri. So he says over there. Rashi says that that Odo uh, Bas is really Who's others Basmas or Alivama. One of the two. Other person is Basmas. She, did, this is our Basmas. That's that's Ada. Her name was Ada. She was called Basmas because she used to burn incense for the Avodah So Basmas is a nickname. So it's not a stira And Yehuda's also because she showed herself to be from, but her name was really Vama Now, why is they called over here? Both of them are called Chiti, and over there once called Khiti or Chibi. So as we explained last week, Khiti was a, a social class the people that belonged to the ruling class, not necessarily, I mean, the ruling class was chiti because the ethnic Khitim were the dominant, the dominant ethnicity. But, but anybody who belonged to the ruling class was called a chiti. But later, in when we're talking about the, gene, about the genealogy, then you have to tell us the true ethnicity. So Adobah was a chiti, and anoba Sivain Alivama was a chivi. Was they were ethnically Hiti and Hivi, but both of them were part of the, no, the nobility, the government. Okay, so now, I just wanted to mention it because this comes up many times and the, who the Chiti, what the Chithi means. Now, so Yitzchak is ready to give the brachas and so Rivka told Yitzchak that he should dress up as Asaf, make believe he's Asaf, and he should take the brachas. And, and she told him, so the like she said, what is the like in Allah's So uh, the uncle says that Ali is Samar bin Avua. had a Navua, that this is what he should do. So there was no question over here of Sheker. There's no question. You know, I, I heard once from the Chafetz, the Chafetz Chaim that that if somebody knocks on your door and says that uh, please hide me, somebody's running after me, and he wants to kill me, so you say, okay, go in, get under the bed. And then two minutes later, there's a knock at the door, and the other person there is that person here. I'm looking for him. So what does the Midrash Emmis require you to do? The Midrash Amos requires you to say he's not here. Don't be Midas Amis doesn't require you to say that that he's under the bed. That's not so. That that's uh, so. Midasemes means the right thing. So over here, this was the right thing. This is what he should do. That's the right thing. And 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 uh, really, the, the, uh, he he really was entitled to bechayra. He bought it. It deserved. It belonged to it. And 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 it was a nevuah. It was a nevuah. So clearly, this was the right thing to do. So what does what does Yaakov do? He comes and in. R- Rivka had a nevuah that he should t- do this that he should go and dress up as Esau, and he should, he says, don't worry, it's not going to hurt you, because I had a nivuah, that this is what you, you should do. So you have a nevuah, so you do it, right? So, so it says, He says, you don't have to worry about it, nothing's going to happen, this is what you should do. So you should do it. So he comes into. so he does it, And he comes and and he has to fool his father. He has to fool him. Vayomer said, Ovi vayomer hineni. Vayomer ovi vayomer hineni. Mi So Yitzchak said, who are you? So he said, vayomer Yaakov al-Ovif. Esav b'chayrecha. I am Esav, you are b'chayrecha. But Rashi says that he parsed it. He said, anoyechi, I'm me. Aesav is your Bihar. So he parsed it. And then it got it later also. He says there's another place who else says it. Oh, he said if I passay Khovdalid. If you have your Ani. Phiyamir Atasab bin the Aesav? Are you, are you my son Esau? For ani, me. So Rashi says, lo yomra ani say I'm e'la ani, I'm me. So what's the point of this? He's trying to avoid Sheker. This is pure deception. He's coming in here, he's telling Yitzchak words which he knows Yitzchok will understand that it means Anoichi of He knows ani means Ameisaf. He knows what will, how Yitzchok will hear this, and he's saying it anyway, and he's deceiving him, and he's meant to deceive him. It's the right thing, deceive him. So what's this business of saying in his own? He's saying ani uh, anoichi What's the, what's the purpose of this? Is he avoiding sheker? There is no sheker involved. What's he doing? So I would like to suggest that in the, there's an art called acting and the art of acting is something called method acting so the Stanislavski method or something like that that means that a really good actor gets into the role that he's playing he becomes that person and sometimes even when they're not on set or on the stage even when they, you know over the weekend or whatever, they're still acting like that person because, when, because to really carry it off, you really, to a certain extent, have to become that person. So a good actor could play a villain, he could play a hero, and when he's playing a villain, he's a villain. When he's playing a hero, he's a hero. He could play a kind person, because then when he does that, he's a kind person. When he could play be a murderer, because when he plays a murderer, he's a murderer. Yaakov was playing Esau. He was stepping in the role and playing Esau. But he wanted to protect himself. He didn't want to become Esau. So he was talking to himself. He said, when I say, Anoichi Becharecha to you I'm saying that I am your bechar, and that's what I want you to hear, and that's what I want you to believe. But in my own mind I'm saying, no, 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 it's not true. Even though I said it, but it, what I meant was for myself, I want to separate myself from the role. I don't want to step into the role completely. That's what Yaakov was doing. He wasn't trying to, 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 uh, to avoid Sheker. There's no Sheker involved there. What he did is 100% right. It was what it was called for. But by stepping into this role, he wanted to separate himself. But lemaisa, lemaisa. He was not hundred percent successful because uh, Yitzchak said, "Akol kol Yaakov, aydaim deyisov." He sound like Yaakov. He wasn't so successful. He didn't play. He wasn't. Yeah, he was successful in separating himself. So he said, Kumnavi, He said, uh, he, "He said he spoke with the uh, tachnunem." So the Yaakov came out. So Yitzchok said, well, I'm touching the arm. I feel Esav. I'm listening to the words. It sounds like Yaakov. Who is this person? He was confused. Akolkel Yaakov, it dined Esav. So he was not so successful in, in his deception. He was uh, successful in his resistance to the, to the uh, deception. Now, in Parshas Chukas, in Pashas Chukas, when... And Kadosh wanted to go through, through the land of Edom. So they told him, they sent him a message, "V'nitzak el Hashem." Uh, Oh no, this before. One second. They told him the whole story. We went down to Mitzrayim. There's plenty to talk about over here. We, <laughs> we cried Hashem. We he many helped us. He sent a Malach, which was Moshe. in Mitzrayim. So Rashi says, our father Yiscah gave us a bracha." Hakol kol it's a bracha, he gave us a bracha that when we dove and we're, we're hurt. Later, the the says, I'm going to go, if you decide that you come in here, I'm going to go out against you with uh, my army. You're so proud of this bracha that your father gave you. That bracha that your father So, the Melachedim says, I'm going to come out with the bracha that, that Yisrael gave us. So, you're going to come with a Kokol Yaakov, I'm going to come with a kokel Yaakov, we're going to have a fight. So, they turned away, didn't go. But how is a kokel Yaakov a bracha? A kokel Yaakov is a puzzlement. Yitzchak is saying, who is this person? He sounds like Yaakov, his his arms feel like Esau. Who is this person? How is it a bracha? So I would like to suggest that very often people have all kinds of different talents and the chunas and they don't really have a crystallized self-image. They don't know exactly what they are. You can have a good bracha in yeshiva, a good bacher, and, uh, you know, he has all kinds of... T- t- and and the Rebbe will say to him, London, then that will tell him that that's what he is, and that's what he should do, and that's what he should pursue. In his own mind, his self-image is crystallized. He's a London, and that's what he has to do, so he has to work on. Another person who, who is very kind, and uh, he has other tchunas, so maybe somebody will tell him, you are a Baal So in his own mind, it becomes crystallized. Oh, that's what I am. I'm a, that's my identity. I'm a Baal I'm a Baal So Mamele, this person will go out and he'll establish a Bik and the Tanche Shabbos and the Hatzalah and, uh, because he's a Baal That's what he is. It's not just that he's kind to people. That's, his, that's what he is. When when Yitzchak said, Hakol Kol Yaakov, he said, this is the Kol Yaakov, this is what you are. You're a mispalol. You're a mischanan. That's what he said. So that crystallized in Yaakov's mind. That's what I am. That's my identity. I'm a mischanan. I'm, I'm a pleader. I'm a pleader. I plead. That's what I do. I'm not a fighter. I'm not aggressive. I don't... I am a pleader. That's how I do things. I plead. So Memela, so the so, wise Because if that's what you are, not, you're coming to the bunch with a plea, as a pleader, you're in the pleading room. You're pleading, you're coming from yourself to please. You're not being aggressive, you're not trying to push yourself onto the Rabbi Mishlove. you're not trying to oppose anything, you're not trying to appeal to his emotions which he doesn't have, you're not trying to do any of that. You're pleading from yourself. That is an excellent tefillah, and such a tefillah is heard. That's what that's that is a bracha. The bracha was better than just giving him a bracha, should be by telling him that. He gave him, at that point, he gave him the bracha, that that is what he became. He became a mischanan, and a mischanan that us are heard. Thank you very much, and I hope to see you again next week.